hello and um, welcome to this podcast. My name is Harry. Um, it's my first time ever doing a podcast, so whether I do another one or not, I'm not sure, depending if people watch it. But yeah, this, if I do continue to do podcasts, it's basically going to be about um, stuff that sort of interests me. And I'm going to do this first episode um, about the disappearance of George Mallory and Andrew Evan on Mount Everest in 1924, whether they were the first people to make the summit 29 years before uh, Sir Edmund Hillary or Tenzing Norgay. Um so yeah, I'm just going to go into it and tell you my view on it and what happened if you don't uh, know. So this has interested me for the past couple months um, just by, I don't know, I looked at an Everest video and then came upon Andrew Irvine and George Mallory and the expedition about them potentially being the first people to make it or not. And this really, really intrigued me. And I thought, you know what, I think I'll look into this and research this. I am a hiker or was a hiker i've done although it's completely it's not a mountaineering it's it's sort of everest has always interested me and maybe potentially i I would <laughs> mountain climb but i'm more of a hiker really with um i live in around the dartmoor area and that's i've done uh stuff with that uh 10 tours at school that's uh young people like myself go can do distances and walking but it's much more walking although you're carrying weight like you do on Everest it's not it's obviously nothing like um uh, a proper mountain so yeah I'm just gonna get into it so if you don't know what happened in or much about Everest history it's um basically in 1921 there was a reconnaissance mission for the um British, as everywhere else, in uh, pretty much they'd conquered everything else from going to the North Pole that had been conquered and the South Pole as well. So the only real thing left was reaching the highest point on Earth. And it was first discovered in 1852 by surveyors, and they named it after the man who found it on the whatever they worked out of maps in. Uh, 1852, uh, I think his name is George Everest, uh, don't quote me on that, but yeah, he basically, they named it after him, and there wasn't any expeditions until 1921, and really, it was a reconnaissance mission, because no Westerner had seen it ever, other than the Tibetan and the police who safeguarded it, and uh, they didn't get permission to go into the actual country until 1920 and basically in 1921 they were just scouting the area it took them a while to over a couple of months to get to where they um to get to everest and george mallory the the man who is going to be the main focus of this of this podcast and uh he basically was a young i might as well just go into about him he was Born in 1886 um, in Cheshire, um, was a very um, good climber. He um, and mountaineer. He was one, you know, he looks upon as one of the greatest of his generation. And he um, grew fond of mountaineering from a young age and decided, um, yeah, to start do that as his 
correct sort of job, although he did uh, teach in uh, universities and other stuff. And he did fight in World War One, um, I think, in nineteen fifteen to nineteen eighteen, and survived that. And then really his aim was Everest, and he's famous for the because it's there quote, which is probably more famous than um, himself, which is a bit annoying. It's been used in various um, uh, speeches, like the Kennedy space speech. He talked about Mallory and said, because it's there, the space is there. And, yeah, and that was said in 1923, and he was just obsessed with climbing Everest, being the first person to get up there. He wasn't necessarily doing it for Britain. I think he was doing it for himself, and after the war, it was more about exploration, the final big achievement that could be achieved by the Brits. And obviously the British wanted to get there, get there first. So he um, was already a good mountaineer before the war. He supposedly, um, in Snowdon, he took his own route out um that's now called i believe the mallory step on snowden he took a route that is deemed impossible to uh, to go through and has only ever been ever attempted it's called the mallory's pipe and it was in 1908 uh so he would have been what 22 he somehow climbed something that was impossible on Snowden to climb around and he left a pipe there proving that he had climbed it and nobody um, has ever done it since and they don't know the full route um, and it was actually performed in, in falling light and it just proves how crazy this man but how good he a mountaineer he was um, so yeah, that's pretty much his life up until 1921. He was an avid, uh, uh, socialist, um, or, you know, a, a socialist, probably an early form of labor he was going to be part of. Um, and obviously a teacher as well. And I think I'll go into Andrew Irvine now. He was 22 years old when he first went to Everest in 1924. Um, he was a very, very good rower. Um, and he was at the University of Oxford or Merton College, and he was very clever. He came up with an idea. Obviously, he couldn't fight in World War I. Um, he basically came up with an idea of a machine gun, uh, how to reload or, or something to do with that. And he gave that to the British and came up with an idea and yeah he would he wasn't really a mountaineering uh person uh he was spotted by Noel Odell at a young age when they went to Zugspite uh for a I think it must have been like a university trip and he was quite good with his physical um approach um he's quite quite well built and um a very intelligent person. Um, Noel Odell put him on the team uh, for 1924 Everest expedition. So, yeah, that's pretty much Andrew Irvine. He was 
born in Birkenhead in 1902, and if he had come back down, he would have been unbelievable. What the you know a man who who didn't have any mountain in near an experience and could have potentially been the first to summit Everest is quite remarkable. And ultimately his life was taken before he could really live it. Um, so yeah, we'll get back to the 1921, um, reconnaissance mission of Everest. Um, an attempt was made once they found it. Um, but I think, they only reached the North Coal, which was, which if you don't know what the North Coal is, it's on the it's on the north face of Everest or the North Ridge as well, North Face, and it's on the the that was Tibet side of the the border now, obviously China, because they took over after World War Two, and that was the way they got into. Is this was before the Nepalese borders were closed and you weren't allowed to. Uh, so then, um, yeah, they that was the only on the north was you're allowed to go and see, and they got um, some high up general to get them into Tibet, um, allow them into Tibet, and it was led by uh, Child How Howard Burry in 1921, and George Mallory had never been to the Himalaya, and he was included on the team, and um. They basically didn't go very far. And then as I go back to the North Coal, it's basically a, not vertical, but it, it's very high and it's just covered in snow. And it's it's from the base camp, from advanced base camp up to the North Coal. And then you get your camp ones and so on at that time. And that's the highest they got to as they were too late in the season to walk up uh to the summit so although really it was a failure that but at the end of the day they'd only just discovered it and they yet they didn't make a summit attempt in, in the end they were just trying to see how far they could possibly get at that time um but yeah they discovered lots of different stuff that's synonymous now they looked into tibet george mallory seen the south coal which Obviously, he wasn't called that at the time because he'd just seen it. And that was later when, in 1952, when the Swiss were the first people to go on the Nepalese side. That's what Mallory had said, and they discovered that. Um, uh, they, they then called it the South Coal, which is what Mallory had seen. But it, was, it wasn't a defeat in any sense. They basically... Mallory sketched a lot of the the coal, the North Coal, and sketched loads of it and stuff like that. And the highest they got to, they put a camp at 20,000 uh, feet, which is 8 or 9,000 feet from the summit, which is still incredible. Um, uh, so, yeah, but they were left unoccupied at the end. They came back and... Nothing was done after that. They just went home. And then in 1922, they went back, and this time for a proper summit attempt. So in 1922, 
this was they wanted to get there at the top this time but they used bottle oxygen um the for, for the first time i believe um and it's still nepal was still closed um they made three summit attempts uh that time although the third attempt unfortunately resulted in seven porters dying in an avalanche and mallory blamed himself for that and he came back um absolutely devastated and unfortunately i wasn't allowed to come back again or that, that was what they fought in 1923 and um but thankfully they uh the tibetan government let them back in uh in 1924 um so the people that were on this expedition there was a lot of people from the expedition before with the likes of uh ed norton or Ted Norton, people called him, who would be the expedition leader in 24. They also had Somerville, who was obviously on the 1924 expedition as well. You had uh, John Knoll, who recorded the Epic of Everest, which is I'll go on to later. And obviously Mallory himself. And I, I believe it's George Bruce as well. He was another um, person who went on the uh 1924 expedition uh, the expedition leader from 1922 was charles g bruce who was a brigadier and was meant to be the leader in 1924 but was very ill by the time they got to uh, tibet and he obviously couldn't continue up into the actual thing at all which i think was a big blow for mallory because I'll go on to later because he was like his brother to him. Um, so yeah, so they made three attempts. Mallory trying to go for a third attempt, and George Finch who got the altitude record along with um, who was it? I think it was George Bruce. Uh, but they, George Bruce, was a Australian who was arguably on the same level as uh, Mallory in terms of mountaineering, but uh, George Finch was better on snow, but Mallory was better on firmer ground, uh, which Wade Davis, who wrote a great book about Mallory's life, said that uh, said this. So, yeah. Um, then we get on to... Yeah, the, the summit attempts. It was on May 10th. Um, Mallory went with Somerville on one of them. Um, they got to the start climbing the North Coal again on the 11th of May, and they decided that they were the two healthy climbers. And the first attempt was without oxygen, um, with Mallory Norton, but they failed, obviously. obviously. <laughs> uh, and they were, had food for 36 hours, a gas cooking system, two thermo bottles of drinks, and the porters carried a few of their equipment. And, um, yeah, they into... Um, there was a light snowfall, and there were snow ramps, according to Mallory, and at 2pm they decided to turn around. They were 150 metres below the ridge, 
um, and the height was an altitude record at 26 985 feet which was a world record obviously at that time but they had to go back and there was nearly an accident um, as most every mountaineer other than Mallory began to slip but Mallory was able to hold his rope and the ice axe and they thankfully uh, had no casualties at that point and had to go back in the dark to camp five the second climb was done with oxygen this time with george finch and jeffrey uh bruce and a gurkha officer um, with oxygen support and they did beat the um records at that point as well and they basically climbed um the culio uh which would be letting me name the northern culio they were going along that route which is i'll explain later actually about that because that's more important um um they got to twenty six thousand and eighty feet which i don't think beat mallory's although um, i think they did do another attempt but um yeah they basically went for a third attempt, which with 14 porters, well, with Mallory, Somerville, Finch, Wakefield and Crawford. And this was the avalanche happened and Mallory had asked for another um, or last attempt because they're all exhausted. Uh, but obviously there was a massive risk and they had to go back. And yeah, so then they went back to Darjeeling in by August and come back. Failed this time for sure because they wanted to get to the top and unfortunately didn't. And Mallory was then again asked in late 1923 if he would like to go on for his uh, the 1924 expedition. Um, he had come back to obviously his children and his wife Ruth and although she didn't want him to go she knew it was his destiny and he missed Everest when he was with his kids and ultimately when he was at Everest he missed his kids and wife so there was never a he couldn't be separated from either one really um so yeah they left uh the start of 1924 I think around January and they obviously had to to walk the majority of it again but this time with Andrew Irvine and George Mallory I think properly got to know him but he said um, Irvine was great at everything other than conversation and he Irvine was a bit of a playboy back in the day you could say and um yeah so they got to um the Rongbuck Ministry, which is the place of worship, where they worship um, the mountain, the Tibetan people. And they said to Mallory, um, um, be careful up there and said something is, I think it suggested that something was, do not take, uh, take caution on this mountain because it will not be forgiving to, to Mallory himself to, who obviously shrugged off and said, oh, no, they're just trying to scare me and everything. And this is obviously 
<laughs> you know, faithfully, it's it did um, come out to bite him, that comment, if you want to be honest. Um, so, yeah. Everybody on this expedition, I'll just go through them. Charles G. Bruce, obviously, he had to go back. He was the leader. But uh, Edward Norton, who was the deputy head leader, had to um, go back at the end of the day. Um, he had to take heads of expedition. George Manley was a climbing leader. Obviously, this is his third attempt at the mountain, and he knew it was going to be his last, and he wouldn't be called up again if they were to do another one because of his age. He was 37 by the time I think they got to Everest. He was, he was nearly, he was going to be 38 in a few weeks before his obviously uh, disappearance. He then had. Bentley Beaton, who was another good mountaineer and also a teacher like Mallory. Geoffrey Bruce, who had been on the 1922 uh, expedition, who was a captain in the um, army. Uh, you had John DeVars Hazard, who was an engineer, and he was a very experienced mountaineer. And then Higginston, who was, he was the doctor, pretty much, and... Obviously, his profession was a medical doctor and also a soldier. And then Andrew Irvine, who was an engineering student, and he would become quite good with the um, bottle tanks, getting them right, the oxygen tanks, and he really knew how to make them work more efficiently because they weren't, even with Irvine helping the uh, oxygen bottles, they still weren't up to a good standard in that sense. Even then, they were just too unreliable. Um, then you got uh, John Knoll, who's the photo um, photographer and recorded everything, and he made the epic of Everest after the um, expedition, and that that became very famous. Um, a silent film, which is obviously late. I'll talk to. I'll talk about it later on about what happens um, with that uh, footage and, you know, what the aftermath was. Noel O'Dell, who he is a, plays a very important role as a geologist and he'll play a big role later on um, with his comments of what he saw. Um, and Howard Somerville, who is a medical doctor and is a very key person as well in this... Um, 24 expedition um so yeah they got they planned that norton had planned for seven camps to be on the high ridge or on the side as you come up to the ridge uh up past the north coal and then up there uh there was going to be two um summit attempts um this time obviously it would go on to be a, a third attempt and there's an advanced base camp along with Camp 1. And the two summit attempts, the first actual one was actually Mallory and Bruce, uh, Jeffrey Bruce. And they began from the North Coal and supported by nine Tiger Porters, um, or Sherpas. And they left shelter of the ISOs there, they're supposed to. Harsh, icy winds sweeping across the North Face. Um, but Mallory believed they had a not great start to the um, 
some at push and just called it off at the end so they didn't bother um, and went back to the camp four um, the second attempt is is overlooked in my opinion completely after what happens the events of Mallow and Irvine later on but the next one was Ed Norton and Howard Somerville. This is a a crazy attempt. They set off of six porters and they took a route that broke the world's climb oh well altitude record walked by a person at twenty eight thousand two hundred and fifty one feet. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Sorry, yeah, it was 28,120 feet where Norton um, carried on uh, to climb on almost vertical Coulier, which is was famously named the Norton Coulier as he was the first person to ever get up close and try he had a look at it he tried I believe to make a way up and they were basically below vertically below the summit and were less than 1000 foot below it like 800 foot at this point but it was deemed impossible to climb up that which in later years in 1980 Reinhold Messner who is arguably the greatest climber of all time um Climbed it, the Northern Culia, um, without oxygen as well. And this this attempt was without oxygen, which makes it even more incredible. Howard Somerville had to stop a few um, hundred yards or like twenty feet um, from Norton. He had to go back in the end because he he was literally he was coughing so badly that when they got back to the camp, he was. He coughed out a bit of his lung, or because he had been that bad from the starvation of oxygen. Um, and Norton, um, although there's no photo, he he listed what the, the height was um, on the thing, and obviously everybody believed him on the expedition because how Somerville saw him go further. Somerville does have a really good photo of him at feet, and you can just see. I think it's a photo of him looking down into the Rombuck Glacier, which is the glacier on Everest at the bottom. And it was just rocks and rocks and rocks. And it was a harder route to do than what Mario and Arvon would later take. And yeah, so they came back defeated. Um, Norton then suffered severe snow blind uh, blindness and... Somerville was on the edge of death um, with his throat so blocked um, with his compressed lungs. And then Mallory, who had come up with an idea to write on to Norton, who was snow blind and couldn't see anything, and Mallory saying, right, we're going to attempt uh, one last attempt with... Um, he had. I don't think he had decided at that time who he was going to... Um, pick it was it was originally gonna be Nolo Dell um but he thought Andrew Irvine would be better because of 
his um, physicalness, uh, not physicalness, uh, his the way he was built, and he was he was better with the oxygen uh, tanks, which they did a an attempt with the oxygen. Um, so he was asked by Norton about his selection, and he, he picked uh, Andrew Irvine or Sandy Irvine as his friends and people called him. And on June 6th, uh, it was the last photo ever taken by Odell um, of them with Irvine just ready to go up to the next camp. And Mallory was just fiddling with the oxygen um, bottles. And it's, it's a very famous photo. And they left with eight porters uh, with the modified oxygen that Irvine had done with, with two cylinders and a day's ration of food. Um, so, yeah, then you get on to the seventh, where I think Odell and Nima, who was a porter, went up to Camp 5 to support the summit team. And he was given a letter, or because Mallory wrote hundreds and hundreds of letters to his wife, and to everybody, and he was very forgetful. He'd actually had Somerville's camera, and that hasn't been found to this day. It's presumed it's on Andrew Irvine's body, which I'll get to later, but it was not found on George Mallory's body. Um, he said to Odell, we're awfully sorry to have left things in such a mess, as they'd gone up to the next camp, which they had higher. And it said... Um, the cooker rolled down the slope at the last moment. Be sure of getting back to Camp 6 tomorrow in time to evacuate before dark, as I hope in the tent. I must have left the compass. For the Lord's sake, rescue it. We are without We are without one. Which I, to here on 90 atmosphere, it's for two days, so we're probably gone two cylinders, but it's a bloody load for climbing. Perfect weather for the job. Yours ever, G. Mallory. And there's a note, it's a famous, um, let's say this one, Dear Noel, which is, this is to John Noel, the photographer, will probably start early tomorrow, 8, it says 8pm, but it, it it's, it's meant to mean 8am, but a lot of people said, oh no, he does mean at 8pm, it's like, you wouldn't attempt to summit. Uh, attempt at night and that'd be ridiculous even for the people even for them you know they they did some attempts like stupidly late but not that you would do one of them um so he said to uh john no it won't be too early so he said start looking out for us as he was on a a camp lower than uh nolo dell was and um on June 8th, John Noel and two porters were at the photographic lookout point. Oh, on Camp 3, so that was, that was an advanced base camp. Um, Adele woke up at 6, reporting that it was largely free of winds and that he had slept well. And this is where we get into the huge bit of evidence that could prove that they climbed it. And Adele, at 12.50... The mist suddenly cleared from the top of the summit and he could see the summit and because obviously Mallory and Arvon were well on there, they're way up 
or doing the summit attempt. And he reportedly saw Mallory and Irvon on the ridge near the base of the final pyramid, which, whether it was the second step, so there's, whether this is second step or not, so there's three steps on the north side of Everest. You've got the first step, which is hard, but should, for them at the, that time in history should they should have passed it and I think people did actually pass it and it was when they came up to the second step which is the hardest and is just a rock face you can't go <laughs> as the saying goes you can't go over it uh, without really a ladder and you can't go under it it's it, you'd obviously fall to your death and this is a speculation whether or not Mallory and Irvine could have got over that obstacle if it was deemed too difficult at all. It's a vertical, just rock. You couldn't climb it with anything else, really. Obviously, I'll go on to later about what Con Conor Anka did, the guy who found George Mallory in 1999. He um, said it was in Mallory's range of a 5.8, which I think it's a mountaineering uh, like scale, said that at his best it was a 5.10, but Conrad Anker changes it a lot. And the third step, I'll go on to the first step, that's the easiest step. So if the if Nola Dell had seen them on the third step, they would have definitely, definitely almost likely reached the summit that day. And... Odell saw them for 10 minutes or these two dots of what he thought it were appeared to be two people and he said he saw them on the sec on the first step or the third step it couldn't have been the second step but a lot of people who have looked at Odell's view at that point after this and to modern day think that Odell was looking at the the second step but Obviously, at the time that they hadn't even been discovered, the second step it was just a pyramid, and the third step wasn't even um, discovered until 1933, which is the next expedition after this, which is also quite important. So I'll get onto that. Um, they, yeah, Odell, but once they got back, he changed his mind, saying, "Oh, it could have been the first step." Once it had been discovered. And people are say, oh, Adele changed his story every bloody time. And it got quite, um, so people kind of say it's fake. I, I don't think, I personally don't think it's it's fake. I mean, he wouldn't have just said that because he was looking around for fossils. But he didn't write it in his notes. He only said that to Norton as they were coming off the mountain. And, yeah. So he changed it, but his eyesight was brilliant. He was, you know, he's a geologist, and it's it's said that well into his eighties that he could still drive a car without wearing glasses. Uh, you know, it's and he interviewed in the eighties before his death, saying it, it was possible, and you know, I, he said I definitely saw movement. So yeah, this obviously. This was the last time they were ever seen alive. Um, but, yeah, so I'll get on to what I think 
happened and if they if they made it or not. They waited a uh, a couple more days to see if they come back down, but on the eleventh of June, they decided to leave the mountain because there wasn't there was no chance they were coming back. Which and no, I don't think they went up to their camp and the the last people to ever speak to them I think were porters and they said they were in good spirit and stuff like that who had carried their weight down and came back the next night I think so yeah I'll get into what I think happened so obviously I'm not a mountaineer this is just my my view of I've I've researched this a lot so um so some of the stuff may be a bit um false because I, I really am only focusing on this but it is, you know, I've tried my best. <laughs> uh, I've looked at Wiki and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's. I think it's possible, but it's it, it's hard to say. I mean, I like to think they made it, but they they, they probably didn't. Considering where Mallory, Mallory was found in nineteen ninety nine, below the first step, in the yellow band, which is the famous bit of rock that doesn't have it rarely has any snow on it and it's just it's a different sort of rock than to what it is on the lower stages of Everest and the lower uh, height and Conrad Anker obviously found his body who would go on to do lots of Mallory's uh, stuff after finding his body he they looked through his pockets and he had his sunglasses in his pockets, which is an indication that they were summiting in the night. But obviously, you, that doesn't prove anything. Um, yeah, it's just biscuits and not much else. Obviously, they were looking in 1999, they were looking for um, Irvine actually, because they, they thought he had the camera. And obviously, he, he obviously on Mallory, the the camera was not found on uh, him at all, so it's believed it's on Irvine. But the thing that I've I've looked because I've looked into quite this quite a bit. There's a guy on YouTube called Michael Tracy, and he believes the ninety nine uh, expedition team probably were a bit st stupid in the sense that they either hid the main evidence, which Michael Tracy believes that, and it, it, Mallory said himself that uh, once, if we get to the summit, I'll put rocks to prove, because you can prove from at what altitude that a rocks come from. So he said they were going to collect rocks, and I don't believe Conrad Anker has been asked about this question, whether they found rocks or not. Um, but Michael Tracy would say if they had rocks in the pockets of summit, if they didn't, they didn't have, they didn't summit, but... It's a bit controversial, and Conrad Anko said himself that we were just a bunch of young guys high on the um, high on the uh, um, altitude. Uh, you know, it was more about us than it was finding Mallory. And it was suggested how Mallory died was he was roped. Um, his body was in a very good condition. It was, it was mummified, um, and there was a blow to the head, which. Um, there isn't a photo of his face, which is which is good. Although it would, you know, be intriguing. It was better for the 
the Mallory family to not, you know, have that uh, put to the public. But um, he's obviously still lies on Everest because moving a body on Everest is just at that height as well. It's just that doesn't happen. And they gave him a proper burial, but a lot of people don't really agree with what uh, the nineteen nineteen team did. But yeah, it's it it's a tricky one because people say oh because they are so fascinated by or the Americans are so fascinated by the camera saying oh if we find that um it's the, the evidence or it's the you know that proves that they got there or doesn't prove that they got there but it's um as Michael Tracy said well if the rocks are there that's an indication that they made it but they never disclosed that and they gave them a proper burial but um, he, uh, Michael Tracy has also said that uh, David Han, who is the, I think it's David Han, he said he is the, David Han is basically the most, the he's summited Everest the most times for a non Sherpa, I think it's 15. He, I think he grabbed the, uh, lifted Mallory's body and looked straight at his face, um, uh, supp supposedly. I mean, yeah, it's, um, that's obviously not. That's just word to mouth, so I don't, I don't, don't know how to believe that. But, um, yeah, so going on to what I think, I think if Mallory had got to the second step, it would have taken a while, and the weather was very bad that day as well. Um, so, and people reckon it's better than 1996 or it's what is worse than the 1996 um disaster which had obviously the weather which you know killed a lot of people that day and they reckon it was worse than that but that's obviously only the expedition people who went on that can say that they uh say what the weather was like and obviously none of them are alive today to to say that um i think if they did get to the summit, it would be amazing. It wouldn't change Edmund Hillary and Sherpa Tenzing Norgay's because they, they got the first true summit. It would be a huge, huge thing because Mallory, I th I, Mallory was obsessed with the idea of climbing it and getting to the top. It, it was, he, you know, he fantasised about it really and he thought uh, I was the key to the um to the summit with the um oxygen tanks but um and it suggested that he died from rope falling um so he was rope so that indicates he was with Irvine but it's hard to say what happened to Irvine because his body has never been found to this day it's never been found in I personally don't think they'll ever find his body. It's it's either in a place that you can't access, um, or his body just fell to the uh, wrong but glacier, which is just the bottom of Everest, and you know, essentially, you know, like a gorge, I think. But um, would it? I mean, if they found Irvine and then from the camera, it's. I don't think it, it still it wouldn't take anything away from them. I mean, they were the first 
true people that ascend along with you know try to ascend it along with uh, Norton and Somerville because I, I think they they definitely beat the altitude records which um, Norton set the day or two days before um, for what Nolo Del saw but um, it's it's obviously hard Conor Alanka guy found and believes they didn't make it he said it's too hard of an obstacle but um in nineteen ninety-nine, the same you know, a couple of weeks later he attempted to do the second step without the ladder, because in nineteen sixty the uh uh the Chinese um supposedly had to climb with their uh feet um their actual shoes off and they were on top of each other to get up to the top, but there isn't uh, a lot of people or <laughs> Americans say that they didn't climb it because there is there is no photo of their summit um, in nineteen sixty of of the Chinese and that that if it was um, if they did summit, which they they probably did because they took rocks back to prove that they summited, which again for, for in Mallory's case that would have settled it. Um, They'd be the first people to climb the North Ridge, uh, the North Route. But 75, I think, is the next time that it was properly um, efficient. So the Chinese, yeah, the Chinese went back in 1975, put a ladder there, and then that confirmed that they definitely summited um, on the north side. But yeah, I think what Conor Lanka said about the ladder is... He free climbed it because obviously Mallory, the only way he could do it is free climb it. So he said he, I think he got to the hard, hard, hard bit and he'd done the majority of the climb, free climb on the second step, but then had to catch the, had to get hold, put his hand on the ladder because um, he, he didn't think he'd fall off else and. So it's not. It was never a true one of um, doing it free climbing pool because Mallory obviously didn't have a ladder, did he? But in two thousand and seven, he did um, do it on the Wildest Dream, which is a is a good documentary about um, the summit and everything like that. So of nineteen twenty four and. The possibility of Mallory climbing the second step is now a possibility as Conrad Anker did free climb it, and it is it's recorded, so it proves that he did he I mean, he did free climb it, although nearly he nearly fell to his death in recording it. He said he had to catch his fall. You can see it if you watch it. He catches this fall and said, "I could have you know could have easily fell off the off Everest if I wanted." Um, if I didn't catch it, and then he did climb it with along with, um, I forget his name. He was he's a British uh, mountaineer as well, and he um, did climbed it free climbed as well. So proves Alvin could have done it with with the help of Mallory. So yeah, it's it's mountaineering's biggest mystery, one hundred percent. I mean, you can't prove that he didn't make it, and you can't prove that. That they did make it, you know. There's no, 
evidence other than really the camera and Kodak have said who made this camera and it's a small little camera that had the um what you call um Somerville's camera, a uh, small little pocket camera and said Kodak can can print and work uh fix it if they want to and if they can um that'd be great but I don't think Carvine's body will be found. I, I want to believe they made it to the summit, but um, it would have been extremely hard, and they they most likely ran out of oxygen. A lot of people, uh, Tim or I think it's Tom Hosel, he's he organised the nineteen ninety nine uh, Everest expedition to in search of Mallory and um, Irvine, and he's pointed out many spots where possibly Andrew Irvine but they've been debunked every time so it's it's hard to say where Irvine is because um, it's likely he didn't die with Mallory and Mallory fell and he had to walk back in the dark possibly uh, where Irvine died in a sort of cave area or, or something like that but we'll never know I don't think um, it should be kept a mystery you know if they had come back down and obviously survived, might they'd be like national heroes, both of them, and that'd be crazy. I mean, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll talk about the nineteen thirty three expedition now, which was the next nine years after. Um, Percy Wine Harris uh, found an ice axe of Irvine, which was confirmed to be Irvine's, with his printing of the the way he carved his um, axe. But there was no other sign other than that. Um, I think in nineteen seventy as well, there was a Chinese um, mountaineer Wang Hongbao. He said he saw an English dead, um, but he died in an av av avalanche um, in nineteen. Uh, he di he died in another lunch, like a couple of days later. So it's hard to say if they, you know, what he saw was Irvine or indeed Mallory. Uh, Frank Smythe, who was also on the thirty three expedition, reckoned he saw Mallory, but he can't confirm that it was him. He definitely saw a body, but he didn't report. And when he spoke to Edward Norton about it, Edward Norton told him to not say anything, which is. A bit, a bit strange um, but yeah I think that's all about uh, everything about it um, yep so thank you for, for listening um, it's my first podcast so it's not going to be great I mean I'm going to be getting like, um, like that all the time but um, if you do watch thank you um, I'll probably do more on stuff I'm not sure yet though but um yeah, we all, we'll see. So, cheers, thank you for listening.